Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in the upcoming months, I'll be spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, and video releases. Joining me each episode is my longtime friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbrin. Looking forward to that uh, eclipse coming up, Darren. Yeah. That's not far away. I got my... Uh, Welding glass? My glasses ready to go. Oh, I you, bought a you whole... got some glasses? I got those... Uh, yeah. What, like, what are they called? Well, anyway. There, eclipse glasses. Eclipse, yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, if you don't wear proper eye protection, apparently, apparently, you can get a lot of eye damage, serious eye damage. That's what they tell me. I've never witnessed it. <laughs> the only reason I'm not saying anything <laughs> is because of Robin's deliberate use of the word apparently in these kind of conversations. <laughs> I'm not going to look at the eclipse with my bare eyes because I've been brainwashed into thinking that I'm going to suffer permanent corneal damage. But Robin knows more. He well, knows better. He knows I'm that the saying, sun been... isn't really a billion, billion kilometers away. <laughs> it's just this flat disc that kind oh, of waves back and forth. It's not necessarily a flat disc. <laughs> Mr. Harbin, we are joining the podcast partway through. What are we listening to? We've been listening to Earth and Sun and Moon, Midnight Oil's 1993 release. Shall we get back to the podcast? Let's do it. We're talking about Earth and Sun and Moon now. Potentially one of my favorites on the album. Back in the day when we used to actually talk about Midnight Oil albums as opposed to videos and EPs and live things, I used to try to do one check mark for my for one song, two check marks for my I like it even better song, and three check marks for my most most favorite song. There's lots of check marks all over the place yeah. on this album. I gave Earth, Sun, and Moon two check marks. Mm. This is my second favorite okay. of the album. But I really like, like, it's so hard to pick favorites yeah. from this album. Yeah. I really like this song. Okay, I'm just, let's not talk about the music yet. Let's talk about the lyrics. You want to talk about stuff. the lyrics first? Yeah. Okay. So this is a Jim Magini song. Yeah. And so the picture. No kidding. This, yeah, so the picture that Jim paints here is, I don't know if it's a rocket ship or what's causing us to be blasting up into the sky so that we can get this, this top down holistic view of the earth and what's going on yeah. down there. Yeah. But it seems a lot like a rocket ship. Yeah. Uh, it's a rocket ship or, but it feels like he's, he's so able to view like a, a real rocket ship. So they say. Okay. Apparently, if you go inside a rocket ship, you don't get to see much of anything. They have you're, very small windows. You're in this ridiculous metal... Because you're too close to Earth to see much of what's going on. But if you were somehow transported... No, but like you're, you're strapped into these these chairs. Oh, but when you're orbiting. Yeah, but th that's not what's being described here. To me, it's... This is how he's getting up there to see it all. Yeah. So... Glued to his, his chair. He's glued to his chair. Because the rocket's pushing him up into the sky. Whatever. 
Somehow he's getting up there. I th- I think it's a more magical ride. It pr- than maybe that. it is. Yeah, I think it's a really trippy. Yeah, like he's in his lawn chair yeah. or his beach chair or whatever, taking this ride up. That 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 could be totally fun yeah. too. Okay, so but it it puts him up at this vantage point where he can see. Yeah, what's going on? So the song opens though with I think it's Jim in his John Lennon voice singing really low. Yes, no, yeah. Are I you making out bit. those words? Do you... I've got most of it. Okay, tell yeah, me. because it's not on the lyric sheets yeah, anywhere. It's not on the lyric sheet. Yeah. Um, big ball of life. Yes, the, the ball of life. The second line is the most difficult one yeah. for me. We man or me man of strife, tight type. Yeah. And the fears of life. And the fears of life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only part I'm really sure about is the ball of life. Yeah. Big ball of life is easy to make out. I'm not totally sure about big even, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Or big ball of life or blue ball of life. Or I kind of hear like on the ball of life or something. Oh, okay. But yeah. Let's give it a listen to. for sure ball of life. And, And listen for the third line there. And the fears of life, all the fears of life, something yeah. fears of life. Okay. of life pretty clearly there it's just that middle line that middle line is hard to pick out yeah but yeah so setting the stage the big i think it's big ball of life the earth and the fears of life so yeah this song's very much this is like a big picture yep flying up looking at the world there's uh references to the thin blue line mm-hmm. uh which of course would be our atmosphere yeah that that's a, that's one way of looking at it or for I, sure. I think that's what Oh, what what else would I I was just thinking of the fact that we can live on this planet, but it's a very thin, tenuous line. Like it's it's yeah. we're not living in very wide margin. Things could go haywire quickly. Yeah. It's 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 not it's not a certain existence that we have on the planet. Yeah. It's fragile. It lives within certain parameters, certain narrow parameters. Yeah. I th- I think he's actually paraphrasing an, an astronaut Okay. Uh, who has made sure this? Okay. Ba- basically, oh, that's cool. Said, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, this reminds me, like from Jim's solo album, it, it takes a very similar approach. Um, and then we've got more of these. Um, here's a contrast. Now we've got oil spills in the water, uh, where Columbus once sailed. So Columbus himself is like kind of a loaded thing to bring up. Mm-hmm. But of course, we would think that those were pristine waters sure. before, and yep. now there's oil spills there. Yeah. What's happening is after you get up into space to look yep. down at the Earth, he's just showing us various images of yep. Earth, showing us the mountain ranges, showing us uh, the storms, the cyclones, oil spills in the water, like you've mentioned. Yep. We can't see the divisions of the countries from way up here. That doesn't that, matter. That's right. You can't see country borders yep. from space actually it's ominous at one time earth and sun and moon will survive yeah whether or not humans survive exactly i think that's kind of the message of the song is that we have this tenuous hold to life on the planet whether or not mankind will survive mm, i don't know earth sun yeah. moon they'll be there yeah and it, even it, the way the song ends 
thank yeah. you and good night. That's almost like mankind <laughs> saying, we've had a good run, but it's over now. Well, yeah. Perhaps. Well, except they actually do get this little, we will survive yeah. thrown in just like a little, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But that's the whole, you know, too messed up to care yeah. what we're doing to the place. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. Out of here. Just like most of the songs on the album, there's that hope at the end. Yeah. We will survive. Earth and Sun and Moon. Earth, Sun and Moon. A neat look at things. It's it's trippy. It's spacey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy it for all those those parts of it, too. Yeah. Like, I like Jim just kind of... It's not like it's weird stuff, but it's it seems just kind of, yeah, just flying up into the sky, looking down at things. Yeah. Just when you mentioned, like, the lawn chair thing, just getting up there, it's like, yeah, I can picture Jim up there, and he's got his hat, and he's just kind of looking down and just making these, like, these sage observations about stuff. He's very even-keeled about the whole thing. Earth and sun and moon will survive. And then there's mankind there, too. Yeah. Just got this this hold to life there. Let, let's hope that yeah. we will survive as well. Yeah. Musically. Yeah, musically. Opens with a cool slide. This that thing. Is that a fuzzy bass slide? I think there's bass in there. I think there's some keys in there too. Yeah, some synth. Yeah. And then... Pete, Is it... Wait. Yeah? I said synth. Would it, would there be synth in there? Would it just be some sort of organy type thing? Yeah, maybe it would be synth. But And then Pete breaks out the falsetto again with this real cry. Yeah, he's got that... Kind of noise that he makes in the background as yeah, well. Yeah, and it almost sounds like after he does his big ah thing, yep, it's like somebody goes ugh. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I was talking oh, about. Okay, that. I guess uh, I guess I call it more of an ugh, but yeah, yeah, I guess it's more of an ah rather than ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is Jim doing his low BGVs. Yeah. By the way, there's a time where Jim would never sing on Oil's album before. Mm. And then this is sometime around when he started singing. Like, I, I don't know, maybe he's singing on Diesel or Blue Sky Mine a bit. But this album, he seems, seems to sing a bit. Wherever you hear a John Lennon kind of voice, it's Jim. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I forgot to mention this in my country. So they had a video for my country. Um, because My Country was one of the single, singles they released. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really do much of anything. But you might remember the video. Um, it was filmed in like the airplane graveyard. And they're just kind of all standing around playing their instruments. And Pete's wearing like a black button-up shirt. And he's got the white armband. And there's all the wrecked airplanes kind of around. Yeah. And Bones and Martin are jumping around. But there's an extra two lines of vocals in the video that aren't on the album. Oh. Pete says, think about it. Talk about it. Towards the end of the song. And I'll put links to all the videos from this album up on the show notes just yeah, so you can I have easy access to it. I remember hearing that. Yeah. Okay. I, thought, I was just watching it uh, last week and I thought, oh, that's different. That's not on the album. Yeah. Oh, cool. I wonder if that ended up on the single version on the essential oils version or something because that feels that feels more familiar than it only being in an obscure video that i can barely remember seeing okay so i almost think that that version must have ended up on some other thing Hmm. 
Okay. Very interesting. That's and I cool. think they shot that video in the States while they were on tour in the Mark Dodson book. He talks, oh, okay. talks about that happening. So the reason I wanted to talk about that, just talking about Jim a little bit, you mentioned that, that Jim is singing more on this album. Yeah. In the videos, he just, he just seems a lot more happy and goofy and playful in the videos and stuff as well. Okay, um, yeah. When he's playing his organs and doing stuff, he, he's just smiling and, and doing <laughs> some fun stuff, and it's, it's neat to see. Yeah. What was going on? Because modern-day Jim is a lot more like, not in appearance, but in personality, mm-hmm. seems to be more like early Jim mm-hmm. in being a bit... Uh, more reserved and kind of shy. Sure. When we've seen him on stage or when we've seen, like, yep. he doesn't seem to be, he seems to be more in that kind of mellow yep. space that he seemed to be in, even on... Like the Goat Island Like the Goat Island concert, like he was more like, yep. you know, the camera didn't look at him much, and but he was, when it did, he was just being very... Yep. Maybe he was told <laughs> in the videos that, you know what, Jim, you got to smile and, and just... Yeah. Have a little bit more fun, at least for the videos. Yeah. Pretend. So it's fun to see Jim. Yeah. Having. That is fun. Have Jim having fun. Yeah. It's and fun. and and this this song is like, yep, Jim's having fun. Hey, if Jim's having fun, we're having fun. You know it. Yeah. The song has that really thick, like with all the stuff, the falsetto and that that low Jim BGVs going on. This extremely congested sound, right? Like they're throwing everything at us, and then forty-two seconds. The song, it's like the clouds part. Yes. And here we are in space, right? right. And we're we're going to take to the air. And musically, it totally matches that. It feels like you're floating. It feels like you're floating. You've gone through the rocket launch or whatever it is. Yep. And you're floating up there. Yep. Yeah. In your lawn chair. So we got the the sliding bass bits. We got some great doo doo doos right out of Dead Heart. I don't know, just Dead Heart just makes people chant and do-do-do along with them, right? <laughs> yeah, this one makes me, I always want to do those do these do-do's along yeah. with the oils. Man, I sing along to this whole album when yeah. I'm walking and people give me funny looks. Good. Yeah. And we got a bit of this where uh, just the boys sing, the boys, meaning not Pete. Yep are seeing the earth and sun and moon like the in the chorus yeah it, they're doing this thing again where you know they've done on red sails they've done on other albums yep. uh, other songs where the other guys sing and pete stays out of it is this a nick lonnie thing i wonder yeah maybe nick gets them to do this because nick's got a few tricks and and he brings some of them back we've talked about a couple yeah. of them already and we're going to be getting to one in the next song for sure cool oh and then for the final one, Pete sings along with the guys on the chorus. Right. At the end. Yeah. So he joins them. Did you talk about like the slow guitar chords, the rising, the ascending, and then the drum fill and the crescendo there? Let no, me... no, Let... I didn't, Darren. Will you tell us about those? <laughs> well, we've got this, this slow guitars ringing out. We've got this rising, ascending sound. Maybe this is the rocket. Then we've got the drum fill, the crescendo at the end. Let me play it for you. Doo-doo-doos. How 
many times have we talked about something and then I talk about something and ends up we're talking about the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. We just describe it. So you just thought you check with me ahead of time this time. Yeah. 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 So that was that your do do's. And There's d- some do do's. And th- okay, so Robin was mouthing the thank you and goodbye, and he gave us the salute <laughs> as he was doing that. And I was thinking, Eric Idle. Riding our rocket ship at the time? No, just kind of <laughs> walking yeah. out and giving you the thank you and thank goodbye you. type thing and then the world explodes yeah, or something the, the like that. This song does have a little bit of an Eric Idle touch to it somewhere in there. I can yeah. kind of hear... It's like smiling and whistling yeah. even though... <laughs> to our doom. Truganini. The song that ruined the oils. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us. Tell us the story. This song was the great controversy, wasn't it? The Oils thought that, hey, this is totally the single. This is our new album, right? Right. And the we're, American... we're talking about the Oils with their, sure. you, you got Diesel, you got Blue Sky Mining, which was a little bit of a dip in, yep. in popularity. or Well, it kind of, yeah. It down... didn't sell quite as good yeah. as Diesel, but it's nothing a... did. Yeah. And then you got Earth and Sun Moon. And this is when the Oils. Poise. To go huge. But this album didn't go huge for them. We didn't talk about that yet. No. So here we are talking about now. But you got Truganini. This is going to be the single, right? Yeah. And then the story goes something like, this is where the oils were kind of losing control. Yeah. They were no longer their own independent force. Yep. And it wasn't like the Australian side of the record company was taking care of things anymore. The American side of the record company was. Yeah. Is this when Gary was thinking that he was going to move to New York so that he could take care of business then? We've never had our Gary Morris. No, we haven't. But well, not only that, Gary and maybe some people in the band wanted to just move the oils to the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. or Europe. They were talking. Yeah, or Europe. Yeah, so that they could be able to jump in on things much quicker the logistics of getting away from australia with all their touring and stuff yeah for a whole bunch of reasons all all for their career for the sake of the career yeah and truganini was the song it was going to be the song yeah that that's right the oils had it picked and i guess australia sony or what i don't even know i shouldn't even say names yeah i don't know were behind this they filmed the big video the the Americans were behind it, and then the exec, like there's all this fighting going on between yeah. various levels of record company management. I'm sure Gary Morris was involved with this in, in this as well, but the top dog says, no. Yeah. Truganini's not going to be it. Because, you know, the oils can't mention all these weird names. What's a Truganini? Yeah, because, you know, Diesel and Dust was so, it's kind of like, they hadn't picked up on this idea, you know. That these guys are Australian and sometimes they talk about yeah, Australian I, things and that's part of their appeal. Yeah, it's like it wasn't at all to their detriment for Diesel and Dust. But here they come with this super Australian name of the U.S. record. Exec shuts that down. But in effect, he kind of ruined everything because they were all geared up with the video, yep. with the single, with everything. Radio stations were ready to go with it. Yeah. And then that got shut down, but it wasn't really properly replaced with anything. Yep. And this may have single-handedly yep. killed, not killed the oils, because obviously they're still here with us. But tanked the... That that whole upward uh, climb into mega stardom yep. and U.S. success. Yep. And instead we end up with this album that was very much, it just didn't do well. 
in the States. It didn't do as well. Um, yeah. As far as singles go, let me just, because we haven't talked about this and often we do, they released My Country in Australia as a single, but they did end up releasing Truganini as a single. It eventually went to number four on the, whatever, the modern rock charts in oh, the States. In the, in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. it did. Uh, okay. Number 10 in Australia. They released Drums of Heaven as a single, which went to number 10 as well. Drums of Heaven. In the a, U.S.? Yeah. Wow. Good song. Um, <laughs> Outbreak of Love went to number nine in the States. Isn't that funny? Only 57 in Australia. And they also released In the Valley as a single. I don't know if yeah. it charted at all. In a way, they, they chose a lot of the weird songs on this album It's kind of hard not to choose weird songs on this album. <laughs> to me, those are the particularly weird songs, mm. but yeah. So here we so are. So we're talking about weird things that happen with Truganini. There's the video, yeah. which, is a, which is a neat video. Like the Australian video. The Australian, the original Holland, video. Like actually pulling the road train. Yeah, with train. the weird camera angle down low and there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And sweating and pulling the road train and then yeah, the and guys playing the slot playing machines. Playing slot machines by. As, a, as a, what's that called? Like a rail car. So there's that video, which is, which is fun and good. And then there's this. I did not, I haven't seen this video for years and years and years yeah. and years and years and years. And I watched it on Friday. And. It made me vomit a little bit. <laughs> it it didn't make me vomit a little bit, yeah. but I I was feeling a little bit of disgust watching it. Yeah, it is not a midnight oil video. It no. is like so. If you haven't seen it, go see it on YouTube. I'll, it's in the show notes. But they made this American version, and I don't think this is the version that we may have seen it in Canada. But I don't think it's the one that we really I, saw. I in think Canada. we mostly saw the Australian one yeah. in Canada. So they're dancing around at night in New York City under the shadow of the bridge. They're basically set up to play a concert with all of these young people around. Kind of an unplugged concert. No, it's no? it's is a real. It's with, quite with... rock and roll. There's big bonfires. There's uh, shadows from the bonfires up on buildings. But do they have like the big PA and everything? That's they, what I'm. They might not have the big PA, but they're dancing around and rocking with oh, the yeah, electric yeah. guitars. When I meant I meant kind of like that stripped down. I I just meant that, like, it's just the drum kit. There might be no microphones. There's no amps. Not that you can see. That you can see, yeah. But it it's not giving the vibe of like an intimate acoustic oh, okay. setting. It's a I've, rocker I've... and people are dancing and the crowd is there and it's just not Midnight Oil and it yeah. just looks fake. And, and it and doesn't the, suit the song. It totally doesn't suit the yeah, song. Yeah, because the song's most serious subject. And everybody's like partying, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Not a good video. In a way, it's strange that the oils even went along with it. I think there might be a story there, Mm -hmm. but. Something interesting about the Australian version of the video, I believe. Rob is using his jazz grip again, playing this one. So again, just reminding myself when we see them in Minneapolis, take a look at the grip. Look for any jazz grip. From the title of the song, you think, oh, this song is about Truganini. It's not just about Truganini. It's about a few Australian kind of things. And I'm going to throw out this idea to you, and you tell me if I'm off my rocker or not. Okay, rocker. I I think an important line in the song is, the backbone of this country's broken. And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of might be the theme or the core of the song. 
Yeah. The country's backbone is broken. It, it doesn't have a spine. It's asking, you know, will it stand up on its own? It mentions Chuganini, but it also mentions other issues that just kind of call into question Australia's, I don't want to say assertiveness, but it's maybe independence, um, being able to think for itself yeah. type ideas. Yeah. Am I way out in left field? No, I, I think you're right. Like Rob himself in the little mini documentary, okay. Rob very specifically said it's not only about Truganini, it's about what Australia's doing with itself ah. in the last decade. He said it's very much about about Australia. Yeah. Like it's its direction, its purpose. Yeah. So when they say when it opens with there's a road train going nowhere, yeah. That road train is is, is their opinion of Australia's direction. Yeah. So we've talked about road trains before. I'm fascinated with huge vehicles and the road train being like like our biggest transport trucks in North America. We're only allowed like a fifty three foot trailer and a I remember uh, you talking about this one time and I, I was very amazed that you knew the lengths <laughs> that were allowed. And then you've got this front cab which now can be bigger. You can have a truck with a box built onto it pulling a fifty three foot table trailer. Why now, do you know this stuff? I don't know. Like I'm just interested in things. I'm interested. You're a Renaissance man. I'm a Renaissance man. But but that is nothing compared to an Australian road train hmm. where they're allowed to pull. Well, I don't even know what kind of regulations they have. I assume there's some regulations <laughs> on it. But it's a train. It they really are pulling. Like they pull multiple trailers. Multiple trailers, and they can be oversized vehicles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, I'm fascinated with road train. Oh, and the dump trucks they use in Australia for their open pit mining oh like um u.s forces has those big dump trucks in the background that's right yeah so those things too even though i'm you know it's like mining and environmental impact and stuff it's just giant vehicles are boy they're pretty cool oh we'll be at the roma bar i looked that up Mm -hmm. did you you i looked it up yeah it's just a coffee shop in in Darwin. darwin yeah that's still there so that's pretty neat yeah one thing i always knew the song was about truganini Yep. But I had never bothered to look into it. There's this other complicated word, tr- harder to say than Truganini, yes. yep. that I never looked into. And boy, that's oh, a guy. Really? Na- Namajira, yep. right? Well, I, I looked into him. He's an artist. Probably because of the video, too. I knew, oh, there's this There's this other guy there, too. Who's that guy? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was Truganini's husband. No, yeah, it's, no not it's not Truganini's it's, husband. It's, it's Mr. Truganini. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably what I thought when Sorry I was, if that's offensive to anybody, that, but yeah, meant as we don't mean that. Yeah, we're just Canadian being dumb. Making a yeah, joke. It's us being dumb. <laughs> you can blame me for it. Yeah. He was a, a persecuted artist, Aboriginal artist in Australia, right? Yeah, He. Um. so that, that's right. He's a, a, an Aboriginal artist born in 1902, died in 1959, um, and he was a, a pioneer of Australian art. I think he, he was like a, a guide for an artist. That artist taught him how to paint okay. or got him started. Sure. But it was obvious he had loads of talent. Yeah. But he painted in a Western inspired, because of course there's many Aboriginal artists for, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, presumably for millennia. He uh, painted in a Western influence style. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still his style. Yeah. But so at times that in a way you would get the the white australia trumpeting him as a success because he became very popular yeah uh, and he, he i guess he had thousands of paintings and sold them and actually was making good good money yeah uh so he wasn't as far and, as like and the paintings were in a style that 
the European Australians could, could really understand appreciate. and appreciate. Yeah, yep. yeah, because there are these uh, increasingly realistic uh, scenery paintings okay. and so on. And and he led an interesting life and, and was actually out. He was like hurting animals or something for a while. And but anyway, he's very familiar with a large amount of Australia, the outback. It, it sounds like politicians of the day would trumpet him, like say, "Look, look at this right. black man. He knows how to be a good." Yeah. like a good white man yeah then look how skilled he is and yeah. so it would have that kind yeah. of that gotcha distasteful yeah thing to it and then some people perhaps some of uh some fellow aboriginal would say almost that would also be a bad thing to them like look he's not painting like he should be he's trying to paint like a white man or sure. what, whatever so yeah. there was that kind of thing but I think now his legacy is firmly here was an amazing artist who had a real impact and he built up a successful life. But an extra bit of intrigue is that he became very successful and actually became rich. Oh yeah. But the way his society, like his, his people was like, you supported all your people. Like, like, and, and so any wealth you had. So, I don't know if this was said cynically or not. It's like all of a sudden his family seemed to get a lot bigger than uh, not through his own children, but Mm. through people. And he would support them. And this is how he got in trouble. And and apologies to anybody if I get the exact details wrong. But basically he was the first Aboriginal to get the right to vote because Aboriginal people were, were not allowed to vote. They also had alcohol restrictions. Like they were sure. like, it was wrong, yep. like illegal. You yeah, you can't. You, but he was allowed to. So he, he got a lot of Australian privilege, so to sure. speak. But that meant that he had alcohol because he's allowed to, you know. Mm-hmm. But somebody basically alcohol through him, not him would say, hey, here, have a yeah. bottle. But he brought alcohol to his house or yep. whatever. And then a friend or a acquaintance took some of his yeah. and got drunk and there was like a crime committed. And Najira got in legal trouble oh. for So that's that's him in chains. That. That's him in chains. Okay. But then he was later free. So he's mentioned I see Najira with dignity yep. at the end of the song. So they yeah. change it. Yeah. But Truganini's in chains. Right. Still. Yeah. So it's kind of like maybe they're saying in the end they see Najira have justice done to him mm-hmm. and a legacy, but they don't see that for Truganini. Right. Now, we haven't even mentioned who Truganini is. Was she the last? The idea was that she was the last true-blooded Tasmanian Aborigine. That's right. But she wasn't really. Well, but she was kind of like the the... She represented that. Yeah, she represented that. And then there was, the oils caught some trouble for saying that. And and when you say true-blooded, I guess some people will sure. take offense to that. Yeah. Uh, and yep. No, that's good. We'll it, leave that in. Yeah. And, and the, the cynical side of me might say that because there are still Tasmanian Aboriginals today, yep. but you might say, oh, they're not a hundred percent like and then they'd say well what does that make right. us yeah. less and yeah sure no there still are tasmania you know like d- does it get into a matter of semantics or does it get into a matter of there are different points of view on this yeah 
So, so please forgive an ignorant Canadian yeah, for, who may have said something. Yeah, forgive ignorant Canadians and possibly forgive ignorant like, Gary Morris when sure. he tried to come to oh, okay. the defense of this. It sounds like kind of a messy thing that we don't have to get into all here, but that's that's the idea. That okay. Trigonini represents this, the plight, the colonization coming in. Okay. Okay, so, so what's the connection then between these two? You've got two different people affected by assimilation yeah. here going on. Yeah. You've got a purposeless Australia that the road train going nowhere. Yeah. And, then and then you've got the flag debate. Yes, gets brought in, right? Yeah. So that that's right. That's what ties this together. And that famous line, I hear much support for the monarchy. I see the Union Jack in flames. There's a yep. contrast there. As opposed to remain, which it was earlier in the yeah, song. Yeah, that's right. Earlier, the Union Jack to remain. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then I see the Union Jack in flames. Mm-hmm. And then Pete's, let, let it burn. burn. <laughs> so so really, yeah, I, I'd say this. that's what the song is about. Australia developing its own identity, becoming its own nation. Mm-hmm. And I think about doing the right thing with their indigenous people, yep. perhaps casting off the colonization and the rules and the, the very poor way that the indigenous people were treated, that we can move past that. We don't have to still, the way colonization came in, let's get rid of that. Yep. Not only like let's get rid of the Union Jack, but let's... Get rid of the attitudes. Let's and get rid of those attitudes and let's treat these people yep. right. Yep. Yeah. And, and so I wonder why an American record executive didn't think this was. <laughs> sure. Yeah. From a certain perspective, he was right. <laughs> okay. So here's something we haven't talked about too much yet. Yeah. The idea that, man, the oils can have some heady lyrics. Yeah. But they're always paired up or they're almost it's almost always paired up with real rock and music. Yeah. You can take them both. You can take one. You can take the other. Yeah. There's various ways to enjoy the oils and people enjoy the oils for different reasons. Yeah. Some folks just want to come and rock out. Yeah. So thinking about the record exec. <laughs> yeah. Can't you just look past this complicated political, uh, relational, social, social justice? Yeah, kinda. can't you just look past this? And we got a rock and roll song here that it's really good to go with. But I guess when they forced that bizarre video to be shot, yeah, in a way he was doing that. He was saying, "Who cares about the message? Get the helicopter, get the get the young people." I love jumping. how you drew out the word. <laughs> helicopter get the <laughs> helicopter out of here get the oils down there with the young kids dancing around yep yeah yeah so in a way yeah that is sure, what sure. they did yeah and then they just turfed it <laughs> yeah and when the oils are going oh this isn't yep. at all yeah did we talk about this before where i was so surprised like i'm still surprised when i read okay when i'm on facebook I read the comments. I'm stupid, right? I read the comments and, okay, there's there's our, it's the fans. It's the yep. real fans mostly, right? Yep. But when you go to the Midnight Oil Facebook page, the official page, yeah. where they've got like hundreds of thousands of fans or yep. whatever, and there's an official post and there's way more negative comments about, you know, whether Pete sold out, 
from that side. Sure. But there's a whole bunch that are against, like if they're doing a pro-environmental or pro-social justice post. Yeah. And there'll be people like complaining ah, about rah, it. Rah, 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 rah. So it makes me realize that from going way back to their pub days and their hard rocking, yep. there were a bunch of just like bogans there in the beer, you know, in the Explain beer shed. Explain that term. Bogan. Kind of like you got your baners and your meat head. Your metal heads. Your, your metal, head bangers. And you got your... Um, but we wouldn't use the term bogan. No, we wouldn't. This is an Australian term. Okay. Uh, it's a derogatory Australian and New Zealand slang word used to describe a person whose speech, clothing, attitude, and behavior exemplifies values and behavior considered unrefined or unsophisticated. Depending on the context, the term can be uh, pejorative or self-deprecating. Ah. Okay, so like to us, maybe rednecks, but like trailer park boys. Okay. Okay. I haven't called you a hoser yet. You might have. Oh, did I once? Yeah, I think you did I on the did. podcast. Oh, good. Yeah. You hoser. I think I have a point here. What's my point? Uh, you're talking about um, the Bogans who want to rock out to midnight oil and think that all of the things that they're concerned about as far as environment, social issues, yeah. uh, being kind of each other is yeah, just what's, stupid. What's this stupid stuff the oils are doing? That's not what the oils are about. They're about getting drunk. They're about getting drunk and jumping around and punching each other. Playing at, a good show. At the pub. Yep. Somehow. Those people exist. Those people still exist. They still haven't caught on. 40 years after. What's with that? You know, I may not know what these songs are about specifically i think i've got a bit of a clue as to what the oils are about in general <laughs> there i use the word bogan can we talk about the music yeah let's talk about the music okay so bizarrely it opens with yet another one harmonica what is well it? it doesn't open with the harmonica harmonica yeah, actually, it's got this big, like, backwards chord or something. Well, and this is a, a Nick Launay thing, I think. It's him being clever again. I think he's playing the inside of the piano again. Remember he was doing that on, was it 1098 or was it Red Sails? Oh, yeah. Plucking the strings on the inside of the piano? Yeah, maybe that is. Shall we give that. it a, a little listen? Oh, sure. Yeah, it sounds like some backward. Yeah, to, definitely some backwards guitars. It, and so maybe those are backward guitars that I'm hearing yeah. that I thought that was just kind of playing on the inside of the piano again. Yeah, or like just these uh, these harmon guitar, like distorted harmonics. We talked about harmonics before yeah. where you yeah, we pluck did. the strings, so I can't say it again. I was just and, figuring, oh, this is a Nick Lane trick. Yeah. He's playing the inside of the piano again. He's having some fun there. Yeah. That bass line, bizarrely, so it's yet another one of these kind of minor little riffin bass slide this mm-hmm. album's full of them yeah interestingly it's the same another one of my favorite bands is the choir which i guess i've never mentioned um yeah, i don't think so on on the show but yeah they, they're from california and uh they don't call themselves like a christian rock band but sort of that's where their origins were and strangely one of their early albums has almost exactly the same bass lights a song called another world um lyrically Steve Hindelong is the, the songwriter for that. He's uh, also the drummer. And the drummer, well, yeah. And his lyrics, he has so much stuff about flying and about... Yeah. And this album 
could totally be like it's it's funny how many parallels i could imagine like earth and sun and moon being written by Handelong. so it's just kind of a funny little connection okay anyway so this song has harmonica it has those weird backwards guitar harmonics yep uh, beatlesque beatlesque there's some great interplay there there's this the bass line just keeps going and the guitars start doing this great they work with it around that bass line Huge guitar chords with a backward swell. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, aren't they? almost certainly backwards. The land is cracked and the man is sore. Uh, one thing the oils do really well with their guitar play is they're always doing arpeggios. They're working through these chords note by note. Mm-hmm. And both uh, Martin and uh, Jim do this back and forth, and uh, they just do it so well. (laughs) And it's something I don't hear a lot of other bands do. This is another song, they've done this before, where their verses are in the minor, E minor, and they switch to the relative major, G major, uh, for the chorus. And is that just a matter of, of switching out one or two chords? Yeah, yeah, it's basically... I mean, in a way, they are the same chords, yeah. but you have to somehow move the focus when you're in E minor, like yeah. the root is going to be E. Yeah. When you're in G major, it's actually all the same chords, but you, you switch and suddenly you have to show that you're centering around the G major now. Okay. That becomes the root. And would you do that with your melody or would you yeah, do that? Yeah, you just could do it with the melody or just boldly playing the new chord at the right time yeah okay. or if the bass like you just play that g major the bass hits it yep and then suddenly it's not always a total science to say if that was a key change or mm-hmm. you just doing a chord but when it feels like everything wants to move back to that new chord like the g major yeah then you would say yeah now we're we've okay. changed keys cool there's an instrumental at 325 and it's played on top of the chorus instead of on top of the verse that that's something that like in a band we often end up doing if you're going to have a solo break you can choose are we going to play a solo on top of the chorus or are we going to play a solo on top of the verse mm-hmm. and so in this case they did it on top of the chorus and it gives it that that more major that more triumphant sound and this song breaks down really nicely as well it all dies back down yeah. you get the backwards weird guitars coming in Rob singing, World Won't Stand Still, and Pete kind of croaks out in a fault, like the strangled falsetto uh, at the very end, and the world won't stand still. Something we didn't mention is I think this is the only pair of songs on the album that transition from one to the other. And it's not a strong transition between Earth and Sun and Moon and Truganini, but the beginning and the end of the two songs, the beginning of... Earth and Sun and Moon, we've got the rocket imagery happening. The end of Truganini in the background, we've got, is it a rocket flying overhead? Is it an airplane flying Mm. overhead? But we've got that as well, too. I thought that was kind of just an interesting kind of beginning and ending of two songs that are joined together in the middle. And if that's not the case, if it's not a rocket flying overhead because I just want to connect the two songs (laughs) somehow, I was thinking even like just being out camping in the middle of the bush 
up out here in northwestern Ontario, why are planes flying directly north from us? But you're just out there in the bush camping away and planes shooting across overhead. And I'm just thinking, you know, is that something that the guys might be experiencing out there camping with the planes flying over the head? Is that is that a metaphor for the world? Like Australia's just sitting there doing its thing, but the world, they just keep on flying on doing their thing. The world won't stand still while you dawdle and not do what you need to do, Australia. Does any other part of Truganini talk about the world turning or anything? Or are they just suddenly the world won't stand still? Are there any other lyrics that talk about the earth or the world? Because I, 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 other, if not, then I'm going to further emphasize your point. Well, I'm, I'm not thinking of it as like the earth not rotating if that's what you're getting at, Mr. Flat Earth, I'm just getting at. <laughs> no, no, no. I was. I'm getting at the idea. No, I'm, I'm saying while while the Earth Australia, won't. while Australia, either struggles to figure out to get its act together or not getting its yeah. act together with this road train going nowhere, the world is continuing to do its thing. The world's going to go on whether or not you. Australia gets with it. Yeah, yeah. But I was saying the world won't stand still. Yeah. Not. It will, so I'm not being. I'm being. Oh yeah, I'm right. being globular right now. <laughs> um, globular. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> but I'm tying that in with your Earth and Sun and Moon because if there isn't a reference to the Earth turning or rotating or whatever in Truganini, if they're not talking about the world, yeah. Well, Earth and Sun and Moon is talking about that whole thing about the Earth. Yep. Doing its thing, so we're. F- this is another connection. Yeah, there could be another connection between there, sure. They're back to talking about hey, that Earth that we were looking at. Yeah. Back at the beginning of Earth and Sun and Moon. Here we are. It's going to keep going. Bushfire, burn and grow. Favorite. Really? This is my favorite. Wow. From the album. This is your favorite? Yeah. Because this is the only song that justifies the derogatory, no, the the claim of the Campfire Trilogy. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think Earth and Sun and Moon belongs in the Campfire Trilogy. No, it doesn't. I think there is no Campfire Trilogy. I don't think there is either. But. We've got a dance album, Diesel and Dust. Yeah. We've got a morbid, slow, shouldn't have released it album. Let's get oh, 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 oh. I'm joking. Boys, I think we have a lot of mid-tempo songs here. <laughs> I think we're about to release a very sad and depressing album. A lot of great songs doesn't make for a good album. Yeah. And then we've got Groovalicious, Shake It On Down, Get Stoned, Put On Your Paisley. Kids, don't get stoned. Don't get stoned. Put on your... <laughs> Your Paisley Bell Where did Uncle Darren go? It, we get past midnight and <laughs> Uncle Darren's gone. And Good Times Folds is... Good Time Folds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good Time Folds is here. Okay, kids, get stoned. It's past midnight. The good times are here. So, okay. I'm saying Bushfire is my favorite. You're saying that this... I'm just saying... Is the strummiest. This is the strum... Break out the acoustic guitars, kids. Totally. To be fair, In the Valley starts out as a strummer. 
but progresses from there. I thought it started out with the quiet piano, the contemplative piano. It starts out more strummy than rocky. Okay. But yeah, you're right. This is this is a strummy song. I love the album because it's groovy and fuzzy and squawky. Yeah. I think that we're almost too episodes into this album and we haven't actually got to the squawk yet but yeah. we're getting to the squawk right, right on. now squawk's coming but yeah th- this starts out quite strummy and then transfers back into the groovalicious earth and sun and moon that we love so very very much <laughs> okay this song is in a minor like my country mm-hmm. and they build up the layers they do the f- one of the first things they add is they, they add the bass line, but amusingly, it's played on piano. Yeah, it is. The bass line on the piano. Well, the piano bass line is groovy. Yep. I think it just, it just really helps that that shaker is going through the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. It really makes it a real head bobber. And then uh, the organ comes in. It's just doing these little two-note things. Mm-hmm. And there's these big crashy chords. That's where you kind of get the lo- the silencing bits. You get the choked cymbals. Yeah, there's these... Yeah, maybe it is just the crash of the cymbal, but it sounds like they're... So when I say choke cymbals, yeah, you what mean... I mean is the cymbal gets hit and then the drummer will grab it to stop it from decaying forever. just kind of stops Decaying normally, it. yeah. It's yeah. a sudden... Stop. Here, let's play a little bit of this. So when you hear that, yeah, that's a choke symbol. He Rob's hitting it and then muting grabbing it by it grabbing it. Sound, yeah. yeah, really neat, kind of splashy sound that ends. Yeah, yeah so. When I say the silenced bits, I mean the silent. Yeah, that's it, the it's being there. silenced. Yeah. Yeah, and then it dies right back down again, just down to the guitar. Then again, the, the piano bass comes in, mm-hmm. and then they add something new, the, the new day. Yeah. The harmonies yeah. and uh, new drums. Then some slidey guitars. Four. Yeah, the, the, the one note solo. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's it's a yeah. Maybe it's not a solo. solo. Well, maybe it's not one note. Yeah, but what one chord? Yeah, why? Now, this song has been very monotone for much of it like this is one of the hypnotic trance inducing type songs so it's it's like a drone kind of song yep uh there are obviously some chord changes but it's overall a very stationary song is sitting around this a minor that whole time and then finally at three minutes in it really hits this f chord and that's the that's the squawk that's your first squawk, isn't right it? Right at three minutes? Yeah. Okay, let's hear okay. it. Okay, but before the squawk, okay. can I play the nice little drum oh, fill? Oh, sure. Of course you can. 
Don't even ask. Okay. It's like a typical earth and sun and moon type drum fill. It's not like bashing your guts out drum fill. Like those other drum fills. Like from Diesel. Diesel has bash your guts out no, drum fills? No, it doesn't. It's not a power in the passion type drum fill. Those ones bash your guts out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is just a really nice rollick over a, a snare and a couple toms. It's got some nice, nice rhythm to it. Nice syncopation. Just back a tick a pack a pa. But yeah, and then at three minutes we get the squawk. May I? Yeah. Okay. So are we talking about the same thing here? When I'm talking about the squawk and the honk, it's that wah, wah. Yeah. Is that what you were talking about when you're talking about the big chord coming in? Yeah. Now there finally is a major yeah, like a so chord change. of. I'm imagining Jim coming in with the big chord and I'm imagining Martin, but I don't know that yeah. this is how it's done. It could totally be the opposite way. Yeah. Getting his wah going. It's just honk, honk, squawk, squawk, <laughs> coming in with his... His fun guitar over there, gronk, too. Gronk, gronk. Gronk, if that's what you like. So yeah, I, I really like that sound, by the way. That squawk. Yeah, you do. I do. And yeah. it, it keeps on coming back throughout the album from here on. Yeah. It's a really nice sound. <laughs> as much as I love the tremolo, reverb, jazz master, vox amp type stuff, yeah. I've forgotten how much I like the fuzz and the squawk. <laughs> The fuzz and the squawk. I can't play the squawk, but yep. I love the squawk. Yep. Okay, so where are we going? Uh, 307, there are the super high harmonies. Ah! Oh, we're almost up there. Now let's play it and see if yeah, we were, see if we're close. close. messages and then it drops right and quiets right down and now there's the cryptic line here come um, the messages yeah mm. and then the song builds back it's up of, it's almost it's almost silent there eh? yeah and it just builds back up yeah and then the piano bass comes in again and within 10 seconds yeah we start getting back to the fuzz. Some and real the noisy guitars. And the, the, the guitars are noisy. Let's listen. So yeah, the solo is is the fuzzy. Yeah. And it's really breaking up. It's a really pretty intense. Martin, you're doing a great job. Yeah, we'll we'll credit Martin for this one. That's for you. Martin fans out there. Martin fans. I'm a Martin fan. And so yeah, you've got to get through that that fuzzy breakup solo for a while before you start getting into some more honky squonking. Yeah, but it comes back. Yeah, into... and and when that honky squonkin's really going in the around four eighteen, mm-hmm. it almost sounds like 
like a voice or like an animal. Oh yeah. Uh, like around 418, it's just really like a voice, whether animal or human. Real good use of the wah there. Yeah. So a wah pedal is when that's Jimi Hendrix made them famous. Sure. And what it does is shifts the the tone of your instrument, like the the frequencies that are emphasized. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shifts that. So when you hear it, when you play a guitar, there's a whole bunch of frequencies. There's all the the fundamentals of this up to six strings you play. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like physics. They're all wavering, and then they have overtones, mm-hmm. which are other other frequencies up up the ladder that reach up kind of to infinity in a way. Of course, we can't hear them all the way to infinity, but and then what the wah pedal does is emphasizes certain ranges of those frequencies. Yep. So it sounds like movement, but really the chord is the same. Yeah. It's you're hearing different portions. Yeah. Of it. So to your ears, it may sound like different things are becoming more intense or other things are falling off. Yeah, it sounds and like... And it a... has a characteristic sound that it's called a wah-wah pedal because it it can make a sound like a wah-wah-wah. Well, more of a... <laughs> Not really that kind of wah-wah-wah. More of like a cry. Yeah, and, and Dunlop is who makes wah pedals. Yeah. Theirs is called the crybaby. The crybaby. Yeah. 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 But it's... Wah, wah. <laughs> that's, that's not at all why it's a wah pedal, because it sounds like wah. Can you wah. find us a good video to put in the show notes? That I can probably find one of shows those. what a wah-wah, how it works and sounds and stuff like that. Sure. And then things just kind of fall apart at the end of the song. Yeah, there's this like looping, looping guitar, but it might be like waves of feedback or something yep. going on. Yep, and but as far as like, staying together time-wise yeah. and and the percussion type things everything just kind of all falls apart and falls down at the end of the song and it's it's quite pleasing yeah so would you agree that it's a real fun song to listen to yeah it's a fun song i uh, for some reason i don't i wouldn't put near my top favorites on this album but like there's yeah. a, i like every song on this album oh yeah me yeah. too and I like to make myself pick one, and I landed on this one. Yeah. And I'm happy to land on this one. This song, I've it noticed It may not has... be the most inventive musically, but I think it's got just about every element that I like yeah. from the album is included on this song. Yeah. Maybe all those elements aren't emphasized in the most fantastic way that other songs can, can use some of them better, but they're all here. All the elements of Earth and Sun and Moon are here. Um, I, and I do like... And, you know, maybe it's just been my mood the last week or so. I, I really like that hypnotic, just grooving along slowly. Like it's not a, it just kind of gets into you and you just bob and you just kind of go yeah. along with it. I, I really like that. Yeah, I, I've noticed that this has some vocal fans uh, on oh, like yeah? the, on the PowerWorks group okay, there. Neat. So, yeah. Oh, good. Well, yeah. maybe I'll so be So you're not too. alone. Oh, good, good. Do you think that as we're getting older that we're kind of going more for maybe less excited about the rock and roll head injuries type music. Do you think like we're mellowing out, like maybe the guys were mellowing out a little bit more at this stage of their Over life? Over the course of how long it's taking us to do this podcast. Do you mean like we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe eh? in the several years we've aged to the, <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to hear more rock mm-hmm. because I feel just like blue sky mining lacked the rock. Yeah. 
I mean, it's cool when a band wants to change and evolve and all that, but bring the rock at least a few times per album, even if that's not so much your thing now. Mm-hmm. Let's get those ups and downs. Let's get that. Let's yeah, get that. That's important. Yeah, let's, that's important. Let's for really sure. make some noise. If if you're still somewhere in the realm of being a rock band, then do it a bit. Yeah, yeah. Even if even if you got more refined tastes now. And there's a lot of complicated ways to rock nowadays, too, you know? Well, for sure. And, like, Earth and Sun and Moon yeah. brings the rock. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And Bushfire brings the rock. Yeah. It's not a head injuries type rock. No. No. That That's right. When, it's when, not powder works. When Pete used the word groove, yeah. that is totally what this is about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they really let... Well, this is this is Bones. This is Bones' album. Bones brought the groove, and it happened. <laughs> I'm just I'm just formulating my response yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, he is. It's awesome. The faces he's making right now. <laughs> Bones was so instrumental in in making this sound like it sounds. Was he ever? instrumental fundamentally instrumental you couldn't have done it without him he's the one playing the fundamentals there's no denying that but you need the other guys you oh, ne- of course you need the other guys you, you had to a un- base solo album from midnight oil would be bizarre in fact, you would probably just call it Bones, Bones Hillman, Hillman Presents. <laughs> yes. So, but yes. You, you unleashed Rob to actually play some more fun stuff again. Yeah, Bones allowed him to do that. He gave, Bones gave Rob the platform to do some fun stuff. Dear listener, you know what I'm trying to say. I do. You know what Robin's trying to do. I don't, I'm not trying to do anything. I am saying <laughs> Bones brought the fundamental he brought the groove and made this album happen <laughs> you get the last word <laughs> when i use the word fundamental i am actually making a bit of a musical pun the fundamentals so darren yeah this bushfire song yeah what's it about what's going on here i think it's about renewal oh was my word number one word rebirth yeah and number two cleansing my number two was second chances Ah. yeah okay i think we're in agreement yeah nothing more to say nothing more to say awesome song so canada also has big forest fires yep australia has these bushfires midnight all got back together again for a big bushfire benefit benefit concert and the forester experts tell us that these fires are actually necessary. Yeah. They're an important part, as costly and as dangerous as they can be for people living mm-hmm. near them. Yeah. As far as the whole ecosystem goes, they are an, a normal, important part yep. of how the whole thing works. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine in Australia, there are certain plants that just require the heat to like we've got certain pine cones out here that it just requires heat to cause the pine cone to open to release the seeds yeah 
nice hot summers can do that. Fires can do that as well, depending on the type of, okay, I'm not a forester. Depending on the type of tree cover you have, you have deadfall that, that falls down. It just takes so long to break down. A nice fire comes through, cleans the forest, makes room for new things to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's the heart of the song. That's what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. What do you think about Long Night Holding Child Close? Best line on the album. Feed My Dream. Okay. Okay. So what do you think about I'm not going to read too much into it. You've got the oils becoming fathers in the years preceding uh, this album. It just makes me think of my kids. It's a real tug-at-your-heartstrings image. As a father, I find that as one of my primary identities now. So listening to this kind of stuff in the song and thinking, oh, I've got some sort of kinship with, with Jim who's... You know, maybe Jim's talking about his own kids. Maybe he's talking about a community out in the outback and, and the stories of the people there. But, yep. you know, I, I'm just... Do, do we know that Jim's a dad? Yeah, Jim has two children. Okay, yeah. Maybe this is a, a Pete element of the song. Right. Yeah, like we know for sure Pete, we know Rob, Rob. is... We don't know all that much. Midnight Oil is kind of famous for... Keeping their private keeping life private. quite private, yeah. yeah. And it's only been very recently that we've started learning about Pete's daughters and, and so on, like that they performed on the solo album with him. Oh, I didn't know that. But did you not know about Pete's uh, daughters? No, I didn't know that, oh, that okay. they sang on the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of them drummed on one song. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I think they did a simple drum oh, loop. Oh, yeah. I think I knew about that one, though. Yeah. Maybe you told me about that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and then three of them... All three of them sang, and even when he was gigging, uh, two of them came along on the tour, at least part of it. Right on. Yeah. So, I don't want to step through the lyrics line by line. No, I, I don't have notes like that either. But I love it all the way through. Yeah. It's an encouraging song. It's a hopeful song. Yeah, the fatherhood in the song is great. Uh, the idea of second chances, of renewal of being outside and being refreshed. Yeah, just a lot that I like in this song. It's interesting. This is yet another mention of of dreams. Yeah. What do you think about this? Here come the messages. Okay, you know how we were talking earlier about in Renaissance Man? Renaissance Man? Renaissance Man? When we were talking earlier in Renaissance Man about um, the spirits or the angels bringing the genius. Yeah. Um, and I think Renaissance Man actually mentions angel at the end of the song there. Yeah, if you jump out, the angel will bring you, give you wings. Yeah, so talking about how the Bible refers to angels, and I know you know this, Yeah. the word that is used is often a translation of the word for messenger. Yes. Right? I imagine Pete would be aware of this anyway. Maybe that's another part of his offering to the song, bringing this kind of stuff into it. Yeah. That once you've been reborn, mm-hmm. once you've been born again, once you've been yep. uh, cleansed or or whatever word we're going to use, that then what are you going to do with this? You know, yep. what, what's what's the word? What's the, yep. yeah. What's the message? What's the instruction? That's what you're Yeah, what's the at. instruction? Yeah. yeah what's, how, how do I proceed with my, what with do my I do new now? life now? Yeah. Yeah. And there's kind of a recurring theme in oil songs across multiple albums uh i think there's at least one other example in this album and then breathe has at least one mm-hmm. 
where they talk about this this idea of transmission. Like I I'm I'm already looking ahead to breathe. I get to start listening to it tomorrow. Oh yeah, no you don't. We still have to do our next session. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you're out of transmission, way out on the road, right? I can give you the message. I can give you the code. There's a few times where there's this talk about it's kind of like a technology might be similar like to this idea of prayer this idea of distant communication and like are we listening mm-hmm. and what's what's being said to us in earth and sun and moon you could think of it the, the whole the quest for intelligence like a extraterrestrial is there a message coming uh but the idea are you listening and i like this idea of there being a transmitter and a receiver mm-hmm. when we're sitting here talking well, I mean, it's possible for us to ignore each other. Sure. But it's pretty obvious that we're both being pretty good listeners and to one another. But when you sometimes send out a message in certain ways, you don't know that the other person got it. Or you might yeah. be broadcasting it out to many people and you don't know yep. where it's going to go. So it's it's that angle again. Yeah. Great. Anyway, but, but oh, well, the atten- yeah, I mean, the next song, there's the attention ground control and all this. This song doesn't shy away from rough times as well. You know, talking about being out in the cold with your child, holding holding him close. Yeah, being on the cold or being the, uh, scared of the fire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like so, just ideas about sometimes life is rough, but there are second chances. Sometimes things go wrong, but we can try again. Yeah, there's just so much hope to be found in the song as well. Good song. Yeah, great song. Drums of Heaven, Darren. Yeah. So should we talk about the music first? Lyrically, this might get kind of heavy. Let's talk about the music first. Okay. So is that Rob counting us in at the beginning? I imagine so. Yeah. And when did we last hear somebody counting? Like, was it on, like, the Blue Meanie or or possibly uh, the EP there? Yeah, Bird. Bird. Somewhere in there, I think somebody counts us in. But anyway, it hasn't happened for a while. And then there's this noisy, slidey guitar riff that's climbing up the neck. All the way. Starts in A, and it uses so many of the frets, mashing the fingers up on the tiny little string. And then 30 seconds of riffing and stuff. Yep. And then the verse goes to E major. It sounds like, oh, all that intro wasn't actually based on the root. It's like... That was all A. But we're fooling you. And now here, boom, it sells down into E. I never even noticed. That's what's going on here. I can't wait to listen again. (laughs) Bones is getting to do a lot of his good bouncing stuff that he does. I don't think Giffo did so much. Giffo did other kinds of bouncing. Mm -hmm. But Bones really likes to slide around two frets apart, two semitones apart. And then the chorus goes to C-sharp minor. So it's the relative minor. That's the old trick that okay, yep. you and I have been doing. Oh, hey, 20 years ago was also when we finished our first kind of good album together. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been fooling around with that, pulling it off the old four-track tapes. And uh, maybe we'll we'll share a little bit of that or something with somebody who cares. Yeah. But that was a trick we did way back then that we learned that if you're playing in D major, the relative minor is B minor. Yeah. Relative Thank you for being awake. Well, what's going on out there? Well, there's vehicles driving down the street a block away. Sounds like there's kids playing in the park behind us. I like to call it a park. 
rather than a pit. <laughs> it's a park. It's green space. Green space in pit form. <laughs> right. And then there's this interesting bridge, which I think almost does kind of like a circle of fifths. Have you heard of the circle of fifths? There? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Explain I couldn't it explain us. it to you. Oh, okay. It's like, let me try. Yeah. You're in a key. You're going to go. And then you're going to go like what Say the root of that C. would be. So yeah. Let's C to so be. let's go up five tones from there. Yeah. Which is G. And then you're going to play a little bit in that key. And yeah. then you're going to go up five tones. And, and you can work your way all the way around. Yeah. Um, uh, all the different keys that there are. All the keys. All the keys. And you can show up back again in C. That's right. After it's you the keep whole circle. It. So this is kind of doing a circle of fifths thing where it goes from like E to B. But it, it kind of takes some shortcuts, so you don't have to go the whole way. Oh, okay. But then it kind of goes from G to D, and then it goes from A to E, and then it does the A riff, and then comes back around to E. So that's the whole bridge instrumental. You can play it for us. Okay, I didn't realize so that, that was thing, going on. It, yeah. It's kind of playing with... Well, that's cool. Playing with that. Yeah. I'm just thinking it sounded like a really neat song. I have no idea that they're going around. Yeah, Us drummers don't there's need some to know good that. stuff there. Yeah. So, and then they use that bridge again, but that time they start singing over it with the, like, ice on the mountain yes. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the, it seems like a, a total departure from the song because it's yeah. not really in the same form as, as the rest of the song when you that's, get to that part. So, that's... That's about it. There's some nice bass stuff uh, and some kind of interesting breakdown at the end of the song. Like yeah, this maybe, maybe before we get to that, yeah, yeah, because I like how you have things broken down. Like you have you have the song structure yeah, coming do. into the chorus and going out into the bridge and all this. I just have, oh, there's some neat syncopated drums at two minutes and nineteen yeah. seconds. So let's talk about those syncopated drums, there. Well, let's listen to them instead. Okay. I hate the drums It's like interesting punctuation. And again, this is one of those, it's Earth and Sun and Moon doesn't have a lot of in-your-face, nasty, cool, all-over-the-place drum stuff. Yeah. But there's some just little tasty little, oh, that's really interesting. I, I, I enjoyed just that yeah. little. So kind of like 1098 in that way, do you, do you think? I think it isn't, isn't it 1098 that we talked about all these, there'd be that snare yeah, and yeah, that little. that's right. Except done, this is Earth and Sun and Moon, obviously, is it, it overall feels more like a a lot like they played it together yep it's less studio and i think it's i think those kind of things are less in your face than they were in 1098 right like that snare i think there was one in 1098 and there's a double snare hit in red sails those were in your face this is just some nice little just to keep things interesting that's right but yeah you're talking like towards the end that last minute where it's just climbing 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 then it descends yeah yeah, it's kind of breaking down. It almost sounds like uh, sitars. Yeah, or... I have written down that that Indian kind of sounding yeah. thing. the piano's in there and there's this nice interplay going on and at the end there's these weird ghostly guitars uh that almost sound like strings well yeah but i think they're fed back i think they're guitars feeding back 
Yeah, I had like harps or sitars, or I was even wondering if it was that. I'd have to take a quick listen to it to find out if that was that stuff that I thought that Nick was doing the playing with the inside of the piano stuff again. Yeah, and there's this interest. Play it right through because there's this neat pitch bend. Yeah. That was kind of making me think just listening there almost like were they bowing something to get that sound or is it just like some sort of feedback but yeah you, know you could maybe do that with a bow yeah like something. A, that's that's right like a bow is used to get long sustain if you're skilled with like on a violin or, mm-hmm. or a cello with using the bow you can get this continuous pitch out of it forever mm-hmm. even though like you slide the bow across and then you pull it and back. you have to pull it back but you have to do it if you're very like if you're really good at it yeah you can make it seamless you, you don't, don't hear that transition yeah, from forward to backwards that's right. kind of thing yeah yeah uh but of course things like now i don't know if in 93 they had easy ways of doing that but maybe they did with some sort of delay yeah pedal or something uh and guitar sustain can can kind of go on forever yeah if it, you can hold your guitar in just the right space in this in yeah. the in the room where the sound is actually being heard as well you get get the guitar picking up on the sound it's called right. feedback it you're kind of giving me the back. feedback yeah, signal it's a, there it's a loop that's right like the guitar and the amp it's an endless cycle and it doesn't have to waves. be that really screechy kind of sound where it just amps up and up and up and just becomes yeah. unbearable and you got to stop it it can yeah. be a really nice kind of thing that just you can control it, yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. make it go on a long time. And have it sound more musical, not just noise. Yep. Yeah. So who knows what they were using to make that. When you were talking about um, part of the song earlier, I had written down at 3.30 this ascending guitar bit with really spacey, crazy background sounds. Mm-hmm. All the while the the rhythm was just kind of driving the whole thing through was that that wasn't part of the circle of fifths part was it no this is during the attention ground control yeah Yeah, that, that's over the same bridge again, yeah. that, that same circle, and it, abbreviated circle effects. And the fact that I mentioned, you know, it's kind of a spacey kind of sound, uh-huh. do you think that's going to come back when we start talking oh, about it? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Is it time, shall we? Yeah, the lyrics. Yeah. I'm going to confess to being a bit dumb about this. Ah. I, I don't think I've got it. I've got some ideas. I could I could have a conversation with you about it. I think I'm going to end up talking a lot about this, so you, you go first. <laughs> okay. Let, let's see your ideas. So it's interesting. Before we started recording, you mentioned something. Yeah. I haven't looked at my notes for probably two weeks now. Yeah. But the first sentence I have written down here is, end of time scenes. Yes. Mixed with hallucinogenic images. <laughs> yeah. Maybe talking about things that are beyond our ability to understand. Maybe by the time you make up your mind, I hear the drums of heaven too, maybe that kind of refrain that goes around over and over is talking about 
accepting that there's a reality beyond what we can see and observe and measure and define. And maybe the, the singer in the song feels like they've kind of come to a place where they kind of either understand that or if it's not an understanding that you can have of that, but just accepting that as part of a reality that maybe can't totally be understood. And they're waiting for the person they're singing the song to to kind of come around to it by the time you make up your mind, whenever that is. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm already here in the drums of heaven type idea. Yeah. Told you. Yeah. I don't have a lot that's really solid on this one. Yeah. I, I've now come to think this is this is really blatantly about biblical judgment day mm. the book of revelation yeah almost so strongly i'm surprised that it got through the band now is is this a pete and jim one this is a garrett hurst magini ah. a triumvirate wow okay so it is all three of them mm-hmm. yeah now we've never we've mentioned tangentially pete's christian conversion at some point maybe we've talked about this yeah i think or we talked briefly about his that. yeah his whatever yeah. version of christianity he adheres to yeah have we ever talked about jim and where he's at or rob where he's at as far as we could know yeah i, I don't like how do we know i don't think we have but i think some powder workers have suggested that rob is the other secret christian mm-hmm. or is the secret christian in the yeah band, if, or something if, like if that Pete's more out there with it. yeah if Pete's yeah. more out there and then of course gary was very out there in a very in your face kind of way yeah gary morris gary morris the sixth member but he seems like a kind of guy that runs hot and cold kind of like he yeah he, he yeah whatever he's into he's into yeah yeah while pete's more circumspect but obviously uh has spoken publicly about mm-hmm. it at times and so some are uh saying it, it's rob and jim that are t- the two suspects because there's this idea that there must be one more christian yep. uh of some stripe uh in the band and uh yeah rob and jim are the two suspects but yeah uh somebody seemed to be quite certain that it was rob and then others are quite certain he's not yeah and it's hard to pin down like i haven't been able to read either reading his willie's bar and grill reading in mark dodson's book uh reading strict rules I haven't been able to find anything that lends pretty strong evidence towards yeah. it. Not, But that doesn't mean that he's not. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason, I kind of suspect, or maybe it's just because I've read stuff. And so the way it particularly impacts Midnight Oil is that uh, this album in particular, but in, in a lot of their albums, yep. there are these references to parts of the Bible that sometimes are pretty blatant. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if this has to get through the whole band, if the if the band has to agree that these lyrics are are fine, yeah. are good, yeah. there must be more sympathy. You know, like there's there's people yeah. who agree to this. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a fair bit of religious imagery that comes through in Jim's solo stuff. Mm-hmm. If we okay. ever get to that, yeah, I want to um, get to it at some point. Yeah, and and it's kind of a, a mixed bag. It's like as far as whether it's positive mm-hmm. or negative yeah. and then of course religions always uh you might have an idea of like the the pure and good religion sure and then you have people you know people ruining it yeah arguably. yeah that's right uh, you, you can have for example you can have christianity yeah and then you can have christians being jerks yeah yeah absolutely so okay so the drums of heaven 
is is full of of references to revelation. Up my lyric sheet. Yeah, like an opening line is uh, the luminous descent of the bright star. That's now. See now that you put the idea in my mind, I say it. it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that refers. There's a couple spots in Revelation that talk about stars falling to earth Mm -hmm. uh and there's a a strange one tablets of strange love are shattered which seems uh surely to be the ten commandments sure they're they're also playing with australian imagery here Mm -hmm. various other apocalyptic things Uh, tears of the crocodile are an interesting thing that's that's typically false tears i love the line kidney bone cities are crumbling What's a kidney bone? Yeah, I, I was looking into this, and, and as best I can tell, if you have kidney disease, yeah, then you can get kidney bone, which is your your kidneys are causing your bones to have because your kidneys aren't working properly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your you will get a bone disorder where your bones are lacking a lot of minerals but anyway apparently it can give you these really brittle bones and so a city built on disease and on sickness social sickness yeah uh then it can just it can crumble on you it's it's an interesting image but but i do think kidney bones is kind of a, a known thing sales in the desert it's old and exploding seers and the prophets dramas of heaven so in, in this context of it seeming like it's Judgment Day, it's Apocalypse, mm-hmm. then it does seem to be about making up your mind. And and on the extreme end, you might say, oh, this is about Christianity. You better get saved or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But I think because it's couched, there's both the hippie thing going on, Earth, yep. Sun, and Moon, and also the other references that they're making where it's not all of the Bible. Yep. I think it could be taken in a more general sense about, mm-hmm. you know, choosing to do the right thing. Before it's too late. Before it's too late, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's how I think it got through the guys. Now cool. there's there's these really interesting lines uh, about attention ground control. Yep. Did, have you made them out? Did you transcribe them? or? No, I didn't transcribe them. The end them. of each line yeah, is difficult to make there's out. There's a man out in... Yeah, the first time is attention ground control. Someone's coming down, and I don't know who is my oh, guess. Okay. And then the second one is attention ground control. There's a man out in space yeah. trying to reach us, I think is the line. Oh, cool. And and that is also, I mean, Book of Revelation is, is about Christ's return, right? Yeah. To fix the earth and to make things uh, right make again. Make things right again. Yeah. And um, here I am just trying to make like a David Bowie connection here with like ground control to Major yeah. Tom type stuff. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's part of it. But when you think of it in this this context that this is the the end of the end of the world, mm-hmm. and this is the idea, and and it even kind of refers to that line of uh, from Who Can Stand in the Way. Of uh, if Christ were here, he'd camera check. He cries so loud, the planes would stop. He cries so loud, the earth would shake. Anyway, it's a pretty interesting song to me, yeah. and I'm I'm almost certain that this is was a big part of the inspiration. Again, to say what is the song about? Yeah, ah, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. I think that was the inspiration. But take a, lot take of a thought about this next time you're listening through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's super cool. Is uh, the Ark of Dayglow being curtained in doom? Is that the eclipse that's happening I next like week? I like that one. It, yeah, some people one those, say. <laughs> one of those end of days eclipse type things. Yep, pretty cool eclipse happening 
Do you have your uh, welder's class? or No, you ordered special eclipse classes. I've got those eclipse classes that are like a certain kind of polarized thing Cool. There's some ISO standard that they apparently... Remember when we were in grade two? <laughs> and they... Did, did we already talk about the, the eclipse being stuck in the basement? But yeah. okay, yeah. Okay, maybe we did. And we were okay. stuck in the basement at school and they closed the curtains and we had hot dogs for lunch. And that yeah. was pretty cool. But... I found on YouTube, somebody found it and, and shared it, and I picked it up. The CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Company's broadcast of the eclipse from when we were in grade two, which year. would have been 78, 79? Yeah, I think 79 sounds about right. Yeah, okay. so yeah, I'll pass that along. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it kind of strange that like their solution was... We can't trust the kids to walk home at lunch and not look at the sun. Yeah, they're going to all go blind looking at the sun, even though we tell them that they're going to go blind. So instead, we're going to lock them in the basement. To be fair, cover up the walls. They were classrooms we were in the basement. Our my grade two class. We weren't in the same class in grade two. I was in Mrs. Wilson's class. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But we're my so. class was in the basement, and we had big windows. Like we weren't like half totally half. underground or anything. We weren't locked in the basement. Sounds way better. <laughs> Why didn't they lock us in the gym? Because it has no windows at all. That makes more sense. And yeah. then feed us hot dogs and let us play on the equipment and do yeah. things. That would it's make like, no, sense. Like no, you must stay. Or have an assembly and put a TV set in the front and show us the eclipse on the TV. No kidding. That would have been better. We think this was like the 80s. This was the 70s. Nope. Hot dogs and we'll close the curtains. Yeah. It's like, don't look. Don't look out the window. That's the worst thing that you can tell a kid. Yeah. Don't look out the window. Midnight oil and other things that interest us. Well, earth, sun, and moon. I mean, what? How what more is more earth, sun, and moon than, an than eclipse. the eclipse? That's true. When this whole idea of get going blind because you look at the eclipse gets put out, like, it's like nobody bothers to give the reason. So why do you go blind? Well, it it sounds, it's, it's it seems difficult to get a totally straight answer about this. And, and there sh- it shouldn't be, right? This should be... Pretty straightforward stuff. Shouldn't it be? Yeah. What's your understanding? Why do you go blind if you stare at an eclipse? Okay. If you just stare at the sun, yeah, it's going to burn your eyes. Yeah. It's like sunburn of the eyes. Yeah. If you look at the sun any old time... Yeah. It's going to hurt your eyes. But it's easier to look at the sun during an eclipse because, oh, the moon's in front of it. And you're more tempted because it looks weird. Oh, but it looks cool. Yeah, cool, weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did I finish that thought? Nope, but no, that's okay. That's okay. Let's move on. Well, Robin, I think that we should say goodnight again. Yet again. And reconvene. Does this, does this mean, Darren, that we are going to do a three-parter? Amazing. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would ever sit here and talk for four hours and get through half the album? Six songs. <laughs> it's nutty. That is nutty. All right. You're quitting. I'd keep going. I can I'm good till three AM. I'm but not. you're not. I know. I don't think I am. No, I don't. It'd be crazy. So thank you for listening. It's not time to put the record back in its <laughs> no, sleeve. It's gonna sit there getting dusty. But we will talk to you soon. Uh, I don't think that we asked you to yet, but if you could give us a a little review on iTunes, that would be great. You know how to do it. Um, Visit the website for show notes, darrenfolds.com slash podcasts. 
Find us on the Twitters at Darren the Folds and at Robin Harbrin. Until we speak again for Robin Harbrin, I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night.